for real. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys are like asking all them questions. How was your day? We're glad you're here. We welcome you to the Misinterpreted Podcast on the road here at the Duchess in Ravenna, uh, Seattle area, if you will, but a frequent spot uh, for University of Washington students. That's Colin Dixon, Ryan Eldridge, Tell Your Lundquist with you here. Uh, let's get a little recap of this NFL draft. A lot of things that we did not go as they expected to. Let's start with that number one pick because, you know, the few days leading up to it, there was a little controversy whether or not the Panthers were actually going to go with Bryce Young. Uh, they ended up going in that direction. What do you see for his future in Carolina? You want me to go first? As the scout, I think <laughs> as, you should go first before as, I spit as, my facts. As the scout, <laughs> facts, if you will. <laughs> as the scout, I think Bryce Young was the correct pick. I don't know if I see him as the best quarterback in this draft. But I do think it's the correct pick. Guy's won a Heisman. He's won games. He hasn't won the biggest games, but he's won games. Um, he's a professional. He's won out of the high school level. He's won at the college level. Um, and I just think he's just a great guy to have around. I think his size is something that is going to challenge him, but it's not going to be something that will hurt him a ton, in my personal opinion. I think he's a great quarterback. I think it was the correct pick. Yeah, we talked about this, you know, during the college football season two, three, four months ago. It seems like forever at this point. But I was really impressed with him this season, even though his numbers weren't as good. His ability to create plays when the pocket was collapsing, pretty much make magic. Um, those are the type of things when you go to a first overall uh, pick team where you're not going to have a lot of weapons around you. That's the type of player that you need to have to to be successful. And he's already had a little taste of that sort of action. And like you said, he's professional. Um, and the only criticism you can have of him is that he's 5'10", but it's, it's 2023. We should stop talking about how tall quarterbacks are at this point. And that was one of the few things I think we got right from our episode one and a half weeks ago from our <laughs> recap. That was probably the biggest layup that we had. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're going we're gonna to act like you know we won so hard with that. A couple others that we got right with Will Anderson going he went three. He went to the Texans. He went, he went three, to the team he, who had the number he two. He pretty pick. much went two because those picks are interchangeable. And then we also made a futures bet, not a few, like a bet for Anthony Richardson in the top five as it was going live. That one hit two. But besides that, we were kind of all over the place, weren't we, Tellier? We really were. Um, I th- I think we have to talk. You you mentioned Will Anderson to the Texans, but we have to talk about that whole debacle because obviously we know that I'm a CJ Stroud hater and I, can for, you can you like cuz no two two months ago you were so high on CJ Stroud and I was so high on Bryce Young and we had this back and forth conversation about who should go number 1 who do you think is the better quarterback what changed with you besides the wonderlick test of course which we'll get into so we we did have this conversation last episode but I will rekindle that conversation uh, it is because of that test. <laughs> CJ Stroud is stupid. <laughs> He's stupid. He is flat-out dumb. And um, I think the Texans are, too, for taking him at the two spot. Um, I, I don't know why you go out of your way to get an idiotic quarterback who played for the worst team in college football, the Ohio State <laughs> Black Guys, all right? Every Plays time. for the worst program in the – what do they call it? Maroon and scarlet? Silver? Scarlet, scarlet and silver. silver. <laughs> Get a hold of yourselves, right? 
But you go out of your way, you get this unproven quarterback at two, and you're like, maybe we made a mistake. Let's go ahead and draft Will Anderson just in case. So clearly Will Anderson was the safe pick at two, but they wanted to go out and make a splash, and I think uh, all it was was a belly flop. I think C.J. Stroud was the best quarterback in this draft personally. You're a fat liar and you're stupid. stupid. <laughs> I told you this before the draft. I gave you my top six rankings, and C.J. Stroud is at the top. I personally think he has the best stuff out of any quarterback in this draft. I think he's got the best arm, and I think he can create plays just like Bryce Young can, but I think he can do it just a little bit better. Um, I'm not, I don't really give a crap about the, uh, about the test scores, to be honest. If you can play ball, you can play ball. Mm. And he's proved that at Ohio State, um, and he's competed in really big games. Um, no matter how big of the stage, he's competed, and he's played well. Um, and as much as I hate Ohio State, as much as I rooted against him his whole entire career, I still think he's the best quarterback in this draft. Okay, so you mentioned something like he's a ball player, not a test taker. If you're not a test taker, I feel like you just got to be dumb. Like, you can't, like, come on, you, you cannot, at this level of football, you cannot just be a ball player, especially at the quarterback position, because there is so much film and so much analysis that you have to do and if you're not going to be a guy that does that a la kyler murray you're not going to win games i agree with that to a t but at the same time i think there are just certain guys that can go out there and play patrick mahomes did not know the sport like he even said this before he got in the nfl he didn't even know how to read coverages but he had he had a year to learn that's fine cj stroud's not going to that's perfectly okay i think a you year. Think Davis Mills is going to lead him this first year. I think. I, I think they should. Think, they should have yeah. just stuck with Davis I Mills. I think. I think a year of experience can give you a lot. I'm not saying that sitting behind a guy like Alex Smith, learning from someone like Andy Reid, that has a ton of benefits and has honestly worked a ton in Kansas City. But I do think when you get to the NFL, there are certain things that a guy who's an incredible athlete, if he's willing to take that next step, he'll make it happen. I, I, like I said, I like Bryce Young way more than CJ Stroud, and it's not because of the test scores. It's because of how good Ohio State is on the offensive side. And the fact of the matter is, I believe they had three offensive linemen drafted this year. I believe two in the first round, definitely one in the first round. Number one, the number one OT was taken yeah. from Ohio State. The other two are going to get drafted this next coming year. And then he also has two of the best wide receivers in the nation as well. I really like Bryce Young because this year he really had to face some adversity because he had really bad receivers for Alabama standards. And you don't really know what you're getting from C.J. Stroud when you put him into such a struggling team like the Houston Texans. And like you said, the fact like I don't mind them sticking and picking with C.J. Stroud if they did their scouting and they truly – believe that that was their guy for the future but the fact that they went out and traded next year's first round pick as well uh for will anderson it makes it feel like it is they did make a mistake and that they kind of regret their decision making cj stroud just minutes after making it and they still have another first round pick next year it's the cleveland browns one but this is a franchise that is not expected to be good next year that's probably a top five pick that they gave up and for a team that is such a project in the making, not having a top five pick when you know you don't 
get a quarterback, you, you get top five fit pick. You can get Caleb Williams, Drake May, even for, for that top five pick. You can get a wide receiver as well in Harrison if that is end up where he's projected at. Um, yeah, I just feel like they dropped the ball, and then yeah, they have nothing more to invest in for the future. I think it's safe to say, though, that uh, Anthony Richardson was the best pick of the draft. Yes, we can all agree on that. Maybe I, I will say it because uh, I I had a little uh, co- I had a couple nuggets on that one of him going top we four. Sure, we sure did. We sure and, did. Uh, you had four and a half, correct? I did have four and a half, so it was the perfect spot for him to go. Um, I overall think it's going to be a rebuild, obviously in Indianapolis, and uh, I've, I've said it once before. Wherever he goes he should not be starting in a year or two. Uh, but there has been some information from Jim Irsay who said, we want him to play. I think it's a terrible decision. Yep. I think he needs years to learn under, uh, you know, uh, Gardner Minshew and who's the other guy there? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Like, those are two incredible mentors. Uh, I, I think you have to stick with the veterans for a few years. Like, I, I know, Colin, you said that playing experience makes up for so much. But I think in the case of Anthony Richardson, he's so, so raw. Kind of in the way that Patrick Mahomes came out. Like, yes, C.J. Stroud is polished. Yeah. But Anthony Richardson is not. So he needs those extra years behind a veteran quarterback, not only to read defenses and, and get better at his position, but to learn strictly how to be in the NFL and how to be a leader at that next level. I think he went to a great spot with a head coach who has developed not only Justin Herbert but as well Jalen Hurts, and both those guys have become top ten quarterbacks in this league yeah, right now. I think now. Richardson projects just to be like Jalen Hurts too, just yeah. based on the you know the physical stature of those two players 100%. and their ability to run as well. Hundred percent, and I think both those guys were able to up their game because they're able to learn and develop as good quarterbacks. Neither of them had to start right away though, which I think is the thing that we've talked about and Jim Ursay is going to want their top four quarterback to get in there and play I think for Anthony Richardson he has all the talent in the world he just needs to learn and he's going to have to learn quick if he wants to be the best quarterback he can possibly be right away he's saying he's going to be a hall of famer one day I'm not putting that past him if he can learn how to be like a good quarterback in certain situations at Florida he had to do every single thing to be able to have the chance to win a football game in Indianapolis, hopefully down the road he won't have to be able to do that. And I think the biggest thing for the Colts is that they drafted a receiver who's a hell of a receiver to make Michael Pittman a better receiver, but also Josh Downs, the receiver that they took out of North Carolina, one of my favorite receivers in the draft. He can go in the slot. He can go outside. He can do so many different route variations. He's going to get himself open, and Anthony Richardson needs to get him the ball. I have no problem with Anthony Richardson starting, you know, within the first five, six weeks as long as Jonathan Taylor stays healthy. I think if you – Jonathan Taylor two years ago was running the ball 25, 30 times a game, Mm -hmm. and if he can stay healthy throughout the rest of the season, you can hand the ball off, you can do some play action, maybe throw 15, 20 times a game, some short passes. Like get away from that Billy Napier style of offense where you're throwing long all the time. I think that can be a great learning experience from him. Some of the the Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles, like I got grilled by you guys when we were talking about it off the pod earlier. I wasn't able to articulate my thoughts enough, but I feel like they're – you know, I think Nick Foles was in the league in 2016. 
Gardner Minshew was a little later than that. So I, I feel like there are quarterbacks that still feel like they have something to give in this league. And it's like, it's like when you're in a corporate job, right? And then you know you're going to get replaced and they ask you, hey, I'm gonna tra- you're going to train your replacement. How likely are you going to do a good job at training that replacement, right? You kind of want to show that, hey, I wasn't the problem. The position was the problem or the role was the problem. But like you said with Jim Irsay, that might, not, that might be a non-factor if he goes in week one. And as the days go by, it's looking more and more likely that regardless of what we think, regardless of what's good with uh, his development and his situation and his uh, lack of maturity at the, at the quarterback position, he will be there week one. Who, who was that veteran quarterback who a few years ago, like, the team drafted a rookie underneath him where they brought someone in, and he said, I'm, I don't want to teach it, him. It was last year when uh, the Titans drafted Malik Willis. Yes. And Ryan Tannehill said that. And, uh, and who, what did they go out not, and do? Draft another quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they draft another quarterback. But, yeah, Ryan Tannehill mentioned that it was not his job to help Malik Willis do anything, learn the offense, anything like that. And that sparked up a ton of conversation around the league. Now Ryan Tannehill is another quarterback under him. Malik Willis has another quarterback there that he's got to compete with too. So that's gonna that's be a weird. We'll get to that, yeah. but that's a weird situation. Let, let's talk about it right now. Like, why if you're the ten, Tennessee Titans, I, I understand that you go out and you get a you get an O lineman in Peter Skaronski, mm-hmm. but then you follow it up with Will Levis. You trade up to get Will Levis when it looks like everyone else is just going to pass on him for rounds and rounds. Yeah. Like why why do you need to do that when you already have Malik Willis who's only going into his second year unless you plan on doing something wild with one of those two quarterbacks? I think for me it made zero sense. Me personally I think that was one of the worst picks in the draft. I think for so long they've needed weapons. Ever since AJ Brown left they tried to replace him with Traylon Burks. But it's the same thing with Jonathan Taylor. When you're handing Derrick Henry the ball 30 times a game, you need some sort of a pass game. But to have a pass game, you need guys who are going to be able to get open and make plays happen in the air, and they just don't have that right now. And I think the fact that they left that be and went after guys really late in the draft, it made zero sense. And now it, it does so much to have great quarterbacks. Like, good for you. But if you don't have guys that can catch the ball – you have a major problem. Your great quarterback can't do enough. I think you're right. You need weapons. Uh, for those listeners, the Duchess is live right now. It's starting to pop up. Always a great spot. <laughs> and, and we talked about, like, earlier in previous podcasts about creating a team around your quarterback and how uh, a lot of teams in the past were able to do that. We talk about, like, the Eagles were able to get a great offensive line, and get great weapons, and then finally Jalen Hurts was able to come out and emerge in his second, third season as a great quarterback. I think the Titans are a perfect example of a team that needs to do that because they have so little going for them outside of Derrick Henry, who rumor has it wants out, as he should. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't blame him whatsoever if he... You know, just <laughs> request a trade. Why not? I think he was rumored to the to the Eagles too at now. one point, which would yes, have been I which did, would I have been that. nuts. That would have been insane. Would have been nuts. But speaking of the I mean, Eagles, they already had a ridiculous draft. I know yeah. that's exactly yeah, the segue yeah, speaking, you were going with. Speaking of the Eagles, like just the monster draft, and certainly the. You know, I don't. I, we don't watch college football, and obviously, this isn't our lives to know enough about day two and day three. But certainly, had the best day one, did they not? Yes, I mean, you go out and you get Jalen Carter at 9 when he should have been a top-five pick. He was a probably the best talent he was the, on yeah, the whole draft board. And then at 30, you get a player like Nolan Smith. 
on a defense that it already has probably the best front seven in the whole league. Mm-hmm. I mean, and how, how and much? Yep. How many more like uh, what do they call them? Moon stars? Yeah. What is that in Space Jam? How many more Mon- moon stars? Monsters? Mon- yep. How many more monsters do you need? That's yeah. pretty much what Georgia is at this point. They also go out and get Keely <laughs> yes. Ringo as well, as well, another bulldog. Yeah. Uh, who are you? They have they have two other bulldogs on that line, right, from last year's team. Yeah, uh, they had Jordan Davis, yeah. and then um, linebacker Nicobe Dean. I wonder if that like changes how that defensive scheme works. Like, did they just take what they did at Georgia and just let them cook like they did with all that chemistry? Like, I mean, like obviously we didn't play organized football, but like, so I, I, wonder, mean, I wonder if that makes a difference. For I me, played one year of organized football. I was eight years old and I got a buzz cut. Thank you very much. I've played many years of organized football and I've been around football enough. But to me personally, I don't think they are going to change anything that they did because last year they almost set the record for most sacks in a single season by you just a team. plug and play and exactly. their talents. That I mean, can do these that. guys are freak athletes who know how to do what they're doing. They did it at the highest level that they've been at so far. They're going to join teams with amazing veterans, guys who've done it before, played in a freaking Super Bowl. You know, they've competed at the highest level, and then you're going to plug and play two of the best D linemen DNs in this draft, they're going to join right in and be ready to roll. And then I think we, you know, one of the the only issue with Jalen Carter was kind of his off the field stuff, where he was just being stupid in the months leading up to the draft. I feel like there's no better motivator to be clean off the field than not only playing with so many of your former teammates, but also playing with them on a team that not only should win a Super Bowl, but really wants to go back and redeem themselves from last year. So I think there should be no issues with Jalen Carter um, off the field, at least, in Philadelphia. Maybe if he goes to a team um, that's struggling, like the Houston Texans or the Atlanta Falcons, he might get a little bit distracted. But I feel like there's going to be no distractions in Philadelphia, only football for That's a six bold months. statement to say about Philly in general. Yeah. I feel like there are a ton of distractions in the city yeah. of Philadelphia. I, I really like that point, though, Ryan. I just I think he doesn't, have to, good he doesn't have to go in there and be the guy. And I think... If you're a smart athlete, you can go in there and be like, all right, you know, I have a past behind me, but if I want to chase my dreams, do everything that I want to do, go win a Super Bowl ring, go be a Hall of Famer, go be a Pro Bowl, or go do all those things, you should be able to lock in enough to, you know, take a step back, get out of that risky business, and just go play football. Yeah, I not, mean, you're y- finally getting paid to play football. Don't ruin that and go take your opportunity and take it as far as you can. Yeah, not to mention that what he did was like – Potentially, uh, it was a multi-million dollar mistake. Oh, 100%. You know, maybe upwards of tens of millions based on signing bonus. So, um, you know, I want to believe that he's learned his lesson from that and he's going to work hard for that second contract in four or five years. I mean, how many rounds of Papa Shot do you need to play at, at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday evening? What are we doing here? The Duchess is popping. Duchess is live. I I love being here, and I'm glad that we're doing our first show on the road. Uh, You mentioned the Eagles as a top uh, candidate for best first round. Best first round could go to the Eagles. You could also throw in a team like the Seahawks, who had the 5 and had the 20, and did a pretty good job with it. Colin, I know you're really high on that five pick, Devin Witherspoon. Yeah, I love Devin Witherspoon. I think, I mean, Pete Carroll is comparing him to Troy Polamalu. Mm. Um, and just saying just he just loves to just be around 
just loves contact, loves being in every single play. Just a He's, ball hawk, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great ball skills. Uh, great ball, great skills. ball skills, you know? But he might not be the fastest. He might not be the quickest. But he wants to be a part of every single play. Wants to hit you. He doesn't care what is going on. He is ready to make a football play. And he's ready to be a part of it. And that's why I was so high on him. He might not be your best coverage corner, but he is ready to rock and he's ready to hit you and make some plays. Hey, and we I, don't care what goes around us either. We're just here to talk some football. Yeah, you know? exactly. Same thing for us. And so I think he is was a great pick. He was my favorite corner in this draft. Um, I know you guys were both high on Christian Gonzalez, who I think is a great cornerback. But, but I, I, like a, I like a corner like Jalen Ramsey was for the Rams, who just isn't afraid to go make a play. He isn't afraid to make a mistake by being aggressive. That's huge. And I, I love that out of a cornerback. That's a ball skill guy right yeah, there. Great ball skills. I, I think especially, like, he goes to a team with the Seattle Seahawks who have lived and died by that philosophy. Like, we want you to go out there and play the way you play. Like, play free. Because that's when you're at your best. And he had the ability to do that at Illinois, and now he's exactly going to be able to do that under Pete Carroll because there's no guy in the league like Pete Carroll when it comes to just letting his players yeah. do their thing. Being a player's coach. Yes. Right. And, uh, you know, fantastic story about Witherspoon is that he didn't start playing football until he was a junior in high school. Uh, I believe zero offers from Power 5 schools as well. Just, so just so great to see him in a – um, you know, in a top five pick position. I know we had Christian Gonzalez uh, as our well. Both of both of the Seahawks draft picks, um, we didn't. They didn't pick our number one at each position um, when they were available. But looking back on it, I think Devon Witherspoon was the right pick for the Seattle Seahawks. Christian Gonzalez, I think, is the best. Just press corner if you don't want a top wide receiver to catch a ball he'll be that guy but Witherspoon is so much better at playing that zone like Colin was saying and which the Seahawks like to play so much more and I also think um, that he can play that nickel role as well and stop the run game and I know we were disappointed about not getting a defensive lineman with that top five pick when that was our biggest need but uh, Devon Witherspoon can absolutely influence the run game as well, even from that position. We go to Jackson Smith and Jigba as well as, as well as number 20. Disappointed that we didn't get Zay Flowers, but looking back on it, we're looking at a wide receiving core that already has a true number one X receiver in DK Metcalf. We have another really great receiver in Tyler Lockett. You know, initially disappointed not getting Zay Flowers, but hey, go out there, get the highest floor wide receiver out there, which was Jackson Smith and Jigba. Maybe it doesn't have a, as high as a ceiling as Zay, uh, Zay Flowers, but you're going to get very good production out of him regardless of who's the quarterback, regardless of who else is on the field for many years, even if it's not Pro Bowl caliber, if it ends up being that way. Yeah, you know, with the uh, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba pick, I'm just a huge fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, the uh, the scarlet and gray really rides with me. Scarlet and silver. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm just a huge fan, you know. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba has turned me all the way around. Um, although he had a, a terrible quarterback in his college career, uh, he now will have either Geno Smith or Drew Locke, which is just two prime, prime quarterbacks. Yeah. And uh, you know, I th- I think he's going to be. In a, I think he'll make it work mold. with Pete Carroll out there too. Honestly, he's that type of guy. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah I think all around, you know, yeah, Ohio State offense. just uh, provides really good prospects strictly at the wide receiver position. You know what's and, crazy uh, <laughs> is that I was looking at a mock draft for next year. Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka, wide receivers one and two really? for next year's yeah. draft. So if Jackson Smith and Jigwa is healthy, you're looking at three of the top. Like, we know this already. 
but it's just crazy to see it unfold. Well, they're turning the into year. the old Alabama when they had you know Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and James rest in peace Henry Ruggs' his career. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, they really are turning into that. So the Jackson Smith and Jigba pick started a back to back to back to back string of four wide receivers. You guys were high on. Uh, Zay Flowers. I was a huge fan of Quentin Johnston. Go Frogs! Uh, but we you know we talked about Georgia being now the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chargers are kind of doing that with the TCU Horn Frogs. Go Frogs! So they, I mean, they get Quentin Johnston. They get Max Duggan. Like I'm a big fan of what the Chargers are doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like the Quentin Johnston pick. I do want to go back to the guy that was drafted after. It, it, it was Zay Flowers after Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? Or am I tripping? Yes, it was. It and was. Then, and who was the fourth? Addison. Uh, Addison. Four, I, think Addison. Addison. I think Addison was, was 23 or 24, whatever it was. Um, we got to talk about the news that came just a week before the draft, which was Lamar Jackson finally getting paid no without an agent for his entire career. So just great to see him succeed in that. Um, but Lamar Jackson, I believe, taking up a quarter of their cap space. That's so stupid. Yeah, that's that's like, like, how screwed are the Ravens three, four, five years into the future? Extremely. I think, me personally, I think their window is one to two years. They have to. Go yeah, they're going to have to. Yeah, they're going to have to. They're going to have to go get it done, or it's not going to be worth it. And they just it. can't stay healthy. Yeah, and I think we, we've talked about in the past about having a quarterback that can be sustainable in your offense, and that has not been Lamar Jackson. I think adding a guy like Zay Flowers and then Odell Beckham in free agency can help Lamar be more sustainable because he has weapons. He has three guys, including Mark Andrews, that are going to be great receivers, and then those other guys like Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman can be more role players in that receiver position instead of having to be the one or two guy like they were last year. Um, But I just think... It's ballsy. I love Lamar Jackson, but I just don't think it's sustainable. And what they're doing is extremely risky. But you got to do what you got to do sometimes to win the NFL. To be fair, you don't really have to be sustainable to go out and win. Mm-hmm. And like that's all they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I really, I think they have the same philosophy as like one to two years. Yeah, I don't think they're expecting really anything more, especially when you can't rely on the health of Lamar Jackson, let alone OBJ. Yeah, right, right. I mean, this was a team that had three three running backs injured in the span of two weeks last year. Uh, they just got to stay healthy. If they do, they can make a great run. Um, shoot, lost my train of thought there. This happens continue. a fair amount of time for yep. you. Continue. Okay, I want to. I want to. Oh, no, no, I, I, I remember the stat that it did. As wanna, soon as I start stuttering, you're like, "Yeah, no, I got it." I just love to interrupt you. I was just <laughs> waiting for my moment. <laughs> I think. I think the stat is over the last decade. Uh, outside of Patrick Mahomes, who did it with a team that was just scrummed together and he was kind of able to make something out of nothing. Um, every quarterback that has won the Super Bowl has been either a quarterback on their rookie contract. Your food is ready. Thank you. Uh, has been a team that has been on their rookie contract or has been Tom Brady who significantly restructured his contract Interesting. to fit team needs. And that just goes to show, like, maybe the franchise quarterback in the second year might not be the way to go, at least now where the salary, salary cap is. And I know that's crazy to say, but you, you look at the stats. I mean, it's only Patrick Mahomes, and there's only one Patrick Mahomes that can do what he did last year. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree with that. I think 
the young quarterbacks are the, are the future and like making sure you can go get a guy that can help you win now and being a situation that can do that. But I think it's also just very risky doing that. Um, it's been so trendy. And as we know, with all trends, they come to an end at some point. So you want to make sure that you have a guy who's won in the NFL already. Remember those silly, uh, those silly bands? Yeah. Were ba- they- Bakugan? A Beyblitz? How do, what are you talking about? Trends. Just trends. <laughs> oh, trends. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Go back to our youth. I got yep. you. Okay. Uh, I want to wrap this up by getting your favorite draft pick and your least favorite draft pick. Uh, Colin Dixon, we will start with you. Okay. So I'll go first with uh, Paris Johnson was my favorite pick. That's cheating. <laughs> Offensive linemen are real players. So, it's because he's from Ohio State, dude. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, 100%. But I think he may be my favorite player in this draft. Wow. Um, he is an extremely athletic offensive lineman. He can do so much on the perimeter. And he's got a guy in Kyler Murray who's going to be scampering around with his little legs, trying to make <laughs> plays happen. And you need a lineman who can shift around and you know, block inside on inside runs, get on the outside for a quarterback power type play. You know, you need a guy who can be extremely athletic. And I'm not someone who loves pro day clips, but his pro day was insane. The stuff mm. he was doing with how big he is, how fast he can run at the combine. I mean, for me personally, I got to be at the uh, UW football pro day. And watching some of our linemen run, I was like, these dudes need to unhook the trailer. And I tell you what, Paris Johnson has zero trailer behind him. That dude is 300-plus pounds, and he was moving and grooving. And he's going he's gonna to do great. I think he, that's my favorite pick for this draft. And as I mentioned earlier. And they drafted down to get the guy that yeah. they probably already would have gotten. They knew, they knew what they were doing. Um, they could get an extra first-round pick for next year and go get their guy because this is a quarterback league. Everybody wants a quarterback. Um, and – explosive DN like Will Anderson but um, going off like everybody wants a quarterback Will Levis was my uh, least favorite pick of this draft I that's really, cheating that's not day one I, <laughs> he cheated no. for two. No, I didn't he's ask for that two. I didn't he's ask for two. that he uh, cheated with Paris Johnson now you're <laughs> cheating with Will Levis you're striking out all over the board here Colin uh, but I think he's my least favorite pick just because I don't really understand what the Titans are doing if they really want a quarterback I think there's plenty of quarterbacks to go get in next year's draft I don't think Will Levis is going to play this year. You got Malik Willis. You got Ryan Tannehill. They started Josh Dobbs a couple times because they really liked him yeah, last yikes. year. It's just like I, I just don't understand what they're doing going to get quarterback um, there. And I just am really not big on Will Levis. I don't think he's very good. Never won a single big game in his can, career at Kentucky. I just I never thought he was really great. Will Levis is a big fan of Will Levis. He he's all about the gun show, and that's why he fell. You know, I'm a he's, big he's narcissistic. <laughs> yeah, he's got a he's got a nice yeah. little side piece uh, I mean, there. He's that, regardless of how his uh, football career pans out. You know that his extended yeah. future looks nice. Yeah, his future looks looks great, regardless. You know, a la AJ McCarron. Um, Down the same road, sure. Best and worst. So my best. Levis will be in the XFL in two years. Probably. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I see it. Yeah, I see yeah, it. We can I see it. it. Uh, my best is going to have to be Nolan Smith at thirty. I said that if he was drafted top 15, he was going to be the steal of, of the draft. He doubled that and went to 30. Um, and I think he's just in such a good situation there in Philadelphia where he was already going to be a great player anywhere he went, and he just 
going to the Eagles was the icing on the cake. Will be a great player, joining all of his former teammates as well. That locker room is going to be electric. Um, so expecting big things out of Nolan Smith in that front seven in Philadelphia. My worst pick is going to be number 15, Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback from Mississippi State, going to uh, the Washington uh, Commanders. I was about to say it. I was about to say it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you go out and you get a cornerback that's 160 pounds, like, I'm 165 pounds. Like, Look at you, know. dude. How about the cut? The, the, you can the play cut in the NFL, going, dude. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like I'm 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 five pounds away from making the NFL, but you're drafting him, you know, in a position where you can still go get Christian Gonzalez if you really want a quarterback or cornerback, excuse me, or even that guy from Maryland. Like he wasn't projected to be. Um, in the top three of corners, and I, I think at 15, Emmanuel Forbes was a, was a huge reach. Um, you know, I looked at his scouting report. They say great ball hawk, great ball skills, and that just normally means that they don't have anything else going for them. Uh, don't wish him, you know, to not succeed in the league, but at that size in such a physical league, I don't see his success in his future, at least with the Redskins. Oh, he's I kinda, hope Will Levis sucks. Yes. <laughs> I hope he actually is in the XFL. Yeah. Uh, but I think Forbes, you know, he's kind of like that old school cornerback, you know, like the Deion Sanders build almost. But he doesn't have the tenacity of Deion because mm-hmm. who does? I don't think Deion was 160 pounds too, wasn't he? He's probably closer to 180. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just talking like yeah, more yeah, low yeah, profile. From, from build as well. Uh, my best pick of the draft, we've mentioned him plenty of times, Christian Gonzalez. Uh, I, I feel like I... I consider myself a big man when I say that because he was an Oregon Duck. And we uh, saw him get smoked. He by got UW. absolutely roasted by the dogs. So Go dogs. That, that makes me a little happier making this pick. But Christian Gonzalez, I think he's the most physical, maybe not the most physical, but he is the all around best cornerback in this draft class. Goes to a great place with a great defense in New England Patriots. I think he's going to absolutely thrive there in that system. I think he's one of the most mature guys in this draft, and you really need to be that if you're going to play under Bill Belichick. Uh, to wrap things up, my absolute worst draft pick of the draft, C.J. Stroud. Why? Because he's stupid. All right, this has been Misinterpreted on the Road. That's Colin. That's Ryan. I'm Tellier. We'll see you next time. That's how you feel. And the guys are like asking all them questions. Asking all them questions, why you asking all them questions, making statements. Uh-huh.